Welcome to the first ever episode of BCCC Talks with me, your host, Charlie Moore. Now, this is episode five of our podcast at the college, but this is the first official episode of the podcast when it has a name. Speaking of the name, shout out to Destiny Cooper for coming up with the name and everyone who voted on the name in the SGA meeting. We have a special interview today with Ms. Dion McGee, who is a known entrepreneur right here from Washington, North Carolina. But first, before we get into the interview, we'll have our announcements for the week. From October 4th to October 8th, we are having Disability Awareness Week here at the college. This is where we learn more about people's disabilities, and it will be hosted by Ms. Alex Shreve. Come on out October 4th through October 8th. Also, on October 7th, from 5 o'clock p.m. to 7 o'clock p.m., we'll be having our open house. You might have heard about that on the radio if you listen to 101.9. But come on out, and if you're a student, bring a non-student, and both of you will be entered in a raffle to win a pair of free AirPods. Come on out on the 7th. I'm here with Ms. Dion McGee. She's here to be teaching a few classes here at Beaufort through our small business center. How you doing today, Miss McGee? I am doing well, Charlie. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. So could you tell us a little bit more about what you'll be teaching here at Beaufort? Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. I am excited uh, to come home. Uh, as as this man said, I am a daughter of Beaufort County, um, a resident of Washington, North Carolina. My family is still there, so I'm excited to talk about entrepreneurship, but what we're really coming to unpack is the entrepreneur entrepreneurial mindset, the shift in the mindset that helps us grow and scale our businesses beyond what we could typically think or imagine. And we all know that, you know, business is being a solution to a problem, if you will. And what problem is it that we need to solve as business owners is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some of our choices and opportunities, um, the knowledge that has been set aside for entrepreneurship. So I'm bringing some of that knowledge with me. So I'm super excited about that because I want every business owner that I know um, to be able to grow and scale beyond what they can absolutely think or imagine. Yes, ma'am. And with me, I am actually planning to be a business owner one day, or that's at least what I hope to encounter. Yes, congrats. Yes, ma'am. But I heard you speak just then in your answer about changing the mindset. And without giving too much of what you would be teaching, could you elaborate on that a little bit? From a from an entrepreneurship standpoint, Charlie, sometimes we don't think outside the box. And I honestly really wish that even when I was at P.S. Jones or maybe even John Small, that I could have had an entrepreneur come to our school. So I could have seen someone in my local community that eats, sleeps, and breathes entrepreneurship, or even if it was a class. But what, what we know is we must get an education, regardless of if it's the, the typical educational path or whether it is grassroots bootstrapping and starting businesses, right? The, the mindset has to be at, at, at a space where we can, we can really see other people that are doing it. And a lot of times we struggle with starting businesses and becoming entrepreneurs because we've never seen it before. So if you've seen someone in your community start a business, and I'm talking beyond 
a funeral home or a restaurant, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. You get what I'm saying? Uh, if you see that, then you say, if I see you, Charlie, so when you start your business, someone is watching you regardless of whether you know it or not, right? Yes, ma'am. So if you do this and they say, hey, well, I know Charlie. He's a member of my family. He's a member of my church or a, a, a local resident in the community. If he did it, then I know I can do it. Not only that, Charlie is a resource for me to go and ask, right? So I just feel like if I had seen it a long time ago, my mindset would have been entrepreneurial focused way before this point. Yes, ma'am. And it's very appreciative to everybody in the community because I have a few friends out here who want to start awesome. businesses also. And I'm uh, going to let them know about when you're going to be here. Matter of fact, when are you going to be here on campus? I will be on campus on the 5th and the 7th. So this coming week and then the following week, we'll be back um, that following Tuesday and Thursday. So that is the uh, 14th. Um, the 12th and the 14th. So we're going to be there for two weeks. There's going to be four sessions that we're going to uh, dissect and uh, we're looking for some transformation. We want people to come bring their ideas, their questions, so we can really get down to the crux of the matter. Yes, ma'am. And I've done a, a little bit of research on you when I heard we were having you here today. Okay. <laughs> and I wanted to talk to you about you went to North Carolina Wesley. I did. I did. Yes, ma'am. So you have what are, are they the bishops? They, they we are the battling bishops. So battling bishops. We're the battling bishops out of Rocky Mount, North Carolina. I, I do some um, workshops and things for them as well. So we've had that entrepreneurs conversation. I've even spoken at Westland uh, pre-COVID. So we had some some time together trying to help those students to get that entrepreneur mindset and to stay focused. We've even done content concerning first-generation college students. What does it look like as a first-generation college student to prepare for the transition out of college into the workforce? So what we have are three pillars. Pillar one is we help college students transition, as I said, from college into the workforce. Pillar two is to help entry-level employees grow and scale in their careers so that they can um, get a seat in the executive suite if that's what they're looking for. And then pillar three is entree leadership, helping business owners grow and scale in their businesses, whether it's bootstrapping, grassroots, what have you, but it's all transformational leadership. And I do that and teach that and speak on it from a keynote standpoint, workshops, workbooks, et cetera, because I've been all three of those people, all three of those spaces have gotten me to this point. Yes, ma'am. Listening to you is like, I feel like a kid in a candy store getting all this great information. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. But I want to know what is the Ice House Entrepreneurship Program? The Ice House Entrepreneurship Program is based off of a book, Who Owns the Ice House? I am also a Ice House trained facilitator, but what it talks about is the mindset of the entrepreneur, right? Yes, ma'am. So, and, and it pulled my interest because, and I, I won't give it all away because if I tell too much, the people won't read the book. But the book itself, <laughs> the book, because I want people to really read the book and just say, like, wow, we overthink things from mm -hmm. an entrepreneurship standpoint, right? So the, the deal on it simply is this. There is There was a, 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 at that point, he was younger, but a gentleman that was born in the Mississippi Delta, right? And we're talking Jim Crow era where... You know, minorities 
did not own any property and surely didn't own any businesses, right? So at the end of the day, he was the only one in town that wasn't picking cotton. He decided that, you know, for those that were out in the field that were picking cotton, he wanted to be a solution to the problem, right? So the problem was everybody's in the field in the Mississippi Delta, 100 degrees, picking cotton. They needed ice and they needed water, okay? So who owns the ice house is really about a gentleman that had an idea. He sold blocks of ice and delivered the blocks of ice to everyone in the community. He was the only entrepreneur in the community. He saved his money, he and his wife, and then they became um, property owners. They started buying real estate in the community. So my point is those things that we write down, right, as far as ideas, innovation, you know, a lot of businesses are at the ideation stage. How do we get past that point and not overthink it to start and create something that people are waiting for us to create? So would you say... Um, when you're starting your own business or becoming an entrepreneur, would it be more important to just start without overthinking it and then learn as you go? That, I, I, I couldn't have said it better, Charlie. I, I am so serious. And let me say, let me say, for people that actually want to read the book, as I said, the book is available online. The author is Gary Schoeninger and Clifton Tolbert. Clifton Tolbert is the nephew of Uncle Cleve is the one that owned the ice house, but he taught his nephew Clifton everything that he knows, right? And there's a lesson in just jumping, right? There's a lesson in just jumping, Charlie, and getting um, the knowledge as you go. Now, I won't sit here and tell you that I knew everything that I needed to know about entrepreneurship um, to get started, but I was not afraid to take the leap. You're going to learn as you go. You're going to get better as you go. And there are going to be some setbacks as you go, right? But it's all about the, the skill set and the knowledge that comes along with it. And from, from one program to the next, from one contract to the next, I get better. You know, over time, I have become a better negotiator. Over time, I have become a better speaker. So if I just say, hey, you know, I'm doing keynote talks and I'm the best keynote speaker on the planet, that's not true. Even Les Brown is nervous when he gets ready to go get on the stage, right? Mm-hmm. However, he still gets on the stage and he perfects the crap as he goes. So, yes, if you have an idea, get started. Find those, you know, in your community that have done it. Get those resources, like we're saying, talking about right now, uh, the SBC of Gopher Community College. There are resources that are available, uh, you know, and there are a lot of people that are actually bootstrapping. And when I say bootstrapping, I mean... They're starting with their own funds. They don't want or can't get a loan, right? So how do you start with what it is that you have to get it started? You got to start with the idea. And if it's, you know, you make one pie and sell the one pie, mm-hmm. that, per- that turns into four pies and so on and so forth, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So we're going to concentrate on making that first pie. That's right. We're going to make the first pie. We gotta get to that. In order to make the first pie, you gotta have the right recipe. So let's focus on the recipe, right? The ingredients that go into the pie and not overthink, oh, this is bigger than me. I hear that all the time. This is bigger than me. It's so big, I can't even uh, see how it can happen. And and that's when we overthink it and we get stifled by what's in our heads and don't ever really get started. And there are so many people that are waiting on us to get started so they can get started. Yes. You talked about being a speaker. And mm-hmm. with a little more of my own research, I want you to elaborate a little bit about what ROAR is. 
Oh, wow. So you did do some research. Hey, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I, I love it. So the roar, I call it the roar factor. And the definition of roar is to be relentless, optimistic, ambitious, and results-driven. That's who I am. I want everyone that I encounter to pick up that same mantra. Um, that is the title of my book, actually, Finding Your Roar, which is also available on Amazon. But I wrote that book after spending a good 25 years of my career in corporate America. Um, I was the only African-American female in the executive suite. So I worked for a company that had 4,000 employees this last 10 years of my career. 4,000 employees, less than 10% minorities, and I was the only African-American female in the executive suite. And I tell everyone that you do not have to be a statistics major, right, to know that that was something wrong with those numbers. And I had to escape the 60, 70 hours of corporate America every week. I had to escape the burnout, and I did not like the injustice that I saw being a female and trying to move up the ranks. And there were a lot of setbacks. There were a lot of challenges. So I just started taking notes about some of the things that I had experienced, right? Not ever thinking about those notes turning into a book. I literally was taking those notes um, to have conversations with HR because some of the people on my team were very lackadaisical, right? And to have conversations with my vice president about some of the people that, you know, needed to be on performance plans, that we needed to move to other departments, things of that nature, because I inherited a toxic team from a former manager, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sitting in my office one day, and I was like, okay, we're going to go beyond um, the notes. It's time to write the book. It's really it's really time to write the book. I'm sitting there, and I was like, yeah, it's time to write the book. Tell your story, because you're not the only one that has experienced this is dealing with it or will ever deal with this type of, you know, injustice, right? So, get to the point, um, wrote the book, um, book was released, I left corporate America, that was pretty much my resignation of mm-hmm. uh, leaving corporate America uh, when I wrote the book, and honestly, what I was seeking, Charlie, was the freedom to create on my own schedule, my, the freedom to create my own ideas, um, to speak, to change the lives of other people, right? Because like I said, back to John Small and P.S. Jones, I wish that I would have had someone come to my school and talk about entrepreneurship even in the fifth and sixth grade, right? Things would be a whole lot different because if we think about it, everyone is not on the college track. Everyone don't want to go to college. But there is something that they're great at that they can perfect and turn into a multi-million dollar business. But they just need the training. They just need the coaching that goes along with it. So the roar came from me and all of my experiences in the workplace, always working in a male-dominated industry. And I wanted to be the voice for those that are, you know, minorities. I wanted to be the ones that, the voice for the ones that were unappreciated, undervalued, right? And to let them know, you still got a shot. And it does not have to be dictated by what the job, if you will, says that you are or what you have to do. You can create your own path. And and that's what I've done. And I want to teach everyone that I know what this path looks like. And you can do it, regardless of how big or crazy it might seem, right? Yes, ma'am. I have yes. one more question before we get out of here, Miss McGee. All right. Um, what would you say to the young person out there who is 
starting his business, or he doesn't know where to start exactly. He might have 85 to 90 different ideas, but he can't he can't put any any starting points to any of them. Oh, that's a great question. What would I say to the young person? What I would say is that they need to roar. They need to be relentless, optimistic, ambitious, and results-driven. Do not listen to naysayers. Get a coach that can help walk you through um, that path, that journey. Get some resources under your belt, some, some tools in your tool belt, right? So what does that look like? That looks like connecting with you all at Beaufort Community College, taking some of the classes that are available uh, at the SBC. You know, so they're baby steps, and everything does not have a price tag associated with it because, like I said, in the beginning, sometimes we overthink things, right? Yes, and I know you all have classes, you know, entrepreneurship for beginners. That's where you start. How do you do QuickBooks? You know, things like that are resources that help make us stronger as we walk out what entrepreneurship really looks like. But don't overthink it. Have your list of ideas. You know, when I first started my business, I laid out every skill that I had, every certification that I had, Charlie. And that turned into us moving beyond just speaking, but having a leadership, a full leadership, professional development, and business consulting firm. So that's because I had to I had to get it out of my head and put it out on paper, and then I began to surround myself with people that had businesses because I wanted to make sure that I was a sponge. So it's not that I just always want to give information. I'm absorbing at the same time. So even when I come home, Next week, I am uh, coming to be a sponge. I'm coming to learn and to share all at the same time. So to the young person, start where you are with what you have. List everything out. Surround yourself with amazing people that are doing what it is that you want to do. And Mm -hmm. make sure you get access and tap into some of the courses that you all are offering. Those are my three tips. All right. Well, Miss McGee, I would like to say that you are truly an inspiration and leader to me. And with this short conversation that we've had, it made me want to follow you and do so much more and do so much more. I'm I'm really appreciative of this conversation we've had today. I, I love it. I appreciate it. And since you said follow, I am on all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. I tweet occasionally, but all things are at DG McGee Motivates. I would love to connect with you, Charlie, and whomever uh, gets the opportunity to listen to this. I want to make sure that we're reaching the masses. We, we provide tips, tools, strategies. We let people know where we're doing workshops at, um, workbooks that we have available to help you all grow and scale in your businesses. And we also have a program that I have to tell you about before we go. A program that my company is leading is called the Eastern North Carolina Entrepreneur Promise. It is designed for business owners in the eastern part of the state. We just completed cohort number one a couple of weeks ago. We will revamp uh, top of the year in January. We're going to do cohort number two. We work with 10 companies to help them grow and scale their businesses from six to seven figure businesses. It is funded by NC Idea, um, Partner Capital, and the Institute which is ICAP out of Durham, North Carolina. We help them create websites 
but actually we partnered with the company. So all the companies walked away with full-blown websites. Um, we gave away $7,500 worth of grant money to help them grow and scale their businesses. And now they have tips, tools, and strategies and strategic plans to go to the next level. And I couldn't be more proud than to represent Eastern North Carolina and to create and lead that program. Yes, ma'am. Tell us one more time when you're going to be here at Beaufort on campus. I will be at Beaufort on the 5th of October in session number one, and then the 7th and the 12th and the 14th. I am excited about it. I want everyone to bring all those notes, all those ideas that they've been writing down and thinking about, and all those questions. I want to get you some answers, and I want to get the juices flowing so we can get beyond the paper and get some action going. Yes, ma'am. I'm Charlie Moore, and this is Mrs. Dion McGee. Y'all come out on October 5th to come see her. Thank you so much, Charlie. I appreciate you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you.